Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today we start a brand new series, and um, it's, it's entitled "The Blessed Life." And and you know, I, I really wanted to 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 go somewhere else, you know, and talk about something else. But but for some reason, the Holy Spirit is really having me really talk about what a blessed life looks like. And I won't lie, our conversation over these next four weeks is all about our view on money. And God's view on money. And the reason why I want to talk about it now is, 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 is for several reasons. Number one, this is the part of the year where we as Americans spend the most money. As a matter of fact, our uh, economy can be in a deficit. Watch this. It can be in a deficit all year, but something about this time of year, we somehow recover. Because we didn't have any money beginning all through the year, but Christmas we got money. And, and, and we spend it. And, and God didn't bless us to just be spenders. He blessed us to be blessings unto others. And so as we're preparing for this, I wanted to get us right. The other thing I want to do is as we're moving toward the beginning of a new year, I want us to start the new year off right. All right? Now, now I, I have a confession. This part of the year is typically very sad for me sometimes or depressing depends on how I look at it at the moment and here's what I mean by that every single year my family and I my wife and all four of our children we sit down and we do uh, an annual goals we do individual goals for each other like I want to do this and I want to achieve this and my wife does the same thing and the kids do the same thing and then we set goals as a family goals that we want to achieve as a family and and it's around this time of the year right after Thanksgiving I look at, uh, you know, the commitments I made on a financial level or the commitments I made to achieve certain things. And, and, and so right around this time, I look and nine times out of ten, I haven't reached my goal. I'm, I'm, I'm far off in many cases. So for the rest of the year, I'm hustling and busting my butt to make sure I meet the goals. There's something amazing that happens when you achieve a goal. Am I right about it? If you've ever achieved something you set up to, there's an amazing feeling. It's like a rush. And so, so, so this time of the year, I look and I'm like, I do this every year to myself. I set these big, bold, crazy goals. And I do that only because I want to be able to rely on God and not me. I set goals that I know that I can't achieve. I know that are impossible because I know that God can do what is possible with my impossible. And so I set these big goals, and then I look at them at this time of the year, and I'm like, gosh, I'm so far off. So now that means i got to pray a lot more, work a lot harder to reach those goals. And, 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 and so 
I don't know about you, but I look at my financial goals that I set. Every year I plan. I say, this is what I want to do financially. I want to try to save this much. I want to make sure I give away this much. I want to make sure I bless uh, the community that I believe in and, and have the beautiful opportunity and honor to pastor a, a certain amount of my total income. And, 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 and I'm, I'm off the mark right now. And that bothers me. That bothers me. That, that tells me that I put something before I put God. I don't know what it was. It could have been an emergency. It could have been, could have been just, just me. <laughs> poor, poor, poor stewardship. I don't know, but it, 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 I'm not happy. So I got work to do. But I know that if I'm saying this, I'm not the only one. And so this is why we're going to spend these next four weeks talking about this. And this is not going to be one of those messages where I'm going to beg you to give. It's not going to be one of those series where I'm going to beat you up because you don't. It's absolutely not going to be that. It's going to be one where you're going to be very well educated and then the decisions you make upon uh, the end of this message is all upon you and God. But I just want to educate you first. You know, I was reading the newspaper and I saw something that was quite interesting. I saw two different reports (laughs) almost, you know, in the same paper. But one says this, Between Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday this year, just a few days ago, people spent an estimated $4.5 billion online. $4.5 billion online. Just online. That doesn't include going into stores. It doesn't include uh, uh, going to the mall. It doesn't include any of that. This is just online. I read something that was very painfully uh, different in terms of another report where it says that, uh, you know, to, to we, 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 uh, a city had a certain amount of money, some odd millions of dollars allocated toward education, but they didn't put it toward it. We spent $4.5 billion online, but we're not putting anything towards our children's education. That, that bothered me. I also read a report where there are people in the world right now that don't have drinking water or water safe enough to cook with. And to, to build one of these wells is, is, is less than $1,000, just a small well to provide pure, clean water. Something that some of these people who spent the $4.5 billion has readily available to them. Isn't that interesting? Here's what else I saw. I, I, I saw Thanksgiving, everybody posting posts on social media. Oh, I'm thankful for this and I, I'm thankful for that. But then a few posts down, I saw People getting beat up. How, how do we sit at a table and say, thank you for this meal? How do we sit at a table and say, thank you for this? And how do we post, oh, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that? But in the same stream, we see people who just said they were thankful at Walmart fighting over merchandise that will soon expire. In just two years, the TV that everybody's fighting over will be whack it won't even be popular anymore it will be it will be technology obsolescent what does that mean it won't be current anymore in just two years but we're fighting i literally saw a little kid with a box and a grown woman walk up to the little kid and snatch the box and i see everybody posting oh look at this this is fun no it's not funny 
Because what it is saying is money controls us that much that I will steal something from a baby's hand because I want it first. And, I, 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 and I'm, I'm only talking to you all about it because I want to make sure that we don't fall victim to this stuff. Many of us in here are parents, and, and, and as my wife said, our kids, man, they, they already got their Christmas list, and they're checking it twice, and, and, and we have to check and see if they've been naughty and nice and, you know, all of that good stuff. But they know what they want. Our wives, our spouses, our, our friends, our coworkers, y'all are part of, some of y'all are probably already signed up for the secret center. And yeah, spend your money. You should. I mean, let's enjoy it. God didn't give it to us just, just so we could not enjoy it. He wants us to enjoy it, but he doesn't want it to be our God. And so what I want to talk to you all about today is let's talk about how God views money and why these people are fighting and stealing from children and yada, yada, yada. My scripture today is going to come from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Uh, you can meet me there if you have a Bible or a mobile device, or you can just simply look on the screen because that's how Tia rolls. She'll have it up there as soon as I say like that. She's just, she's good like that. All right. Watch this. You'll find these words. It says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve. This is, this is the part he tells you who the masters are. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, as, as you all know, I like to exegete the text. I kind of study it and kind of understand it from how the language they were speaking. And now, if this was a, a Bible with red letters, this would be Jesus actually saying this. And, and so this phrase here where it says you cannot serve God and money, that particular form of money that, that has this, this title or this identity of being a master, uh, according to the Greek, that very word that describes this particular type of money is a word mamonas mamonas hold on mamonas mamonas is the word and it's the very same word that we get this other word old testament new i mean new testament uh king james word mammon from now now the definition of mamonas is riches or wealth personified and opposed to god Riches or wealth personified and opposed to God. In other words, it's putting confidence, making something that is tangible, uh, a living and breathing thing, and then putting your confidence into that thing. In other words, you're turning those dead presidents on that paper into live presidents and putting your confidence in it and not in God. And that is what we call the spirit of of mammon the spirit of mammon and the spirit of mammon is what has caused these people to steal from children the spirit of mammon is what causes people to pitch their tent in front of stores so that they can be the first in line to get the latest gadget the spirit of mammon has caused people to spend 4.5 billion dollars online and ignore the fact that our education system in america is jacked up 
It is the spirit of mammon that has tons of people currently in debt past their eyeballs. It is the spirit of mammon that has people right now foreclosing on houses because they needed red bottom shoes. It is that very spirit that has totally penetrated this country, this capitalist society, this free land that we call America. It is the spirit of mammon that has even caused people to turn away from the church because they see pastors uh, with the bling while people are still homeless in their same community that the church supposedly serves. It is that same spirit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Christians are not void of the spirit of mammon. We too suffer from this thing, this spirit of mammon. And today I pray that everything that I share with you releases you from that, uh, blocks you from that, causes you to ignore this spirit of mammon where you personify your riches and wealth and oppose it to God. Here's what I want to tell you. You've often heard uh, money is the root of all evil, and that's not true. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. But let me even fix that because we all love money. You have to love it. We can listen, at the end of the day, wherever we stay, we pay to stay there. We can't help it. That's how the world operates. So you have to love what money does for you. But this type of love that they talk about is this confidence in that money. That as long as I got this money, everything is going to be all right. And the truth of the matter is money, money gives us this false sense of security that only God can make it real. God is the only one that can give us the real security that we need. Watch this. Because of this spirit of mammon, here's some of the things that happens. The spirit of mammon, with the spirit of mammon, money becomes an answer rather than a tool which produces control issues and selfishness. When you have that spirit of, of, of mammon, as law, you, we, we say this type of thing. If I had just a little bit more money, things would be better. And that is a fallacy. The richest man in the world has the greatest level of stress. You got to understand that. He does not have peace. Uh, there is, uh, the spirit of mammon tells us that uh, uh, money becomes our motivation rather than love, which produces decreased influence, hurting relationships, and broken hearts. Uh, Mammon tells us that, 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 that success is measured by our bank account and our stuff rather than simply being in God's will, which produces bitterness, dissatisfaction, disillusionment, and depression. We become paranoid, thinking everything, thinking everyone is after our money, producing cynicism and withdrawal. Uh, the spirit of mammon also produces this ugly ugly thing called pride uh, if i got some money i'm, I'm somebody uh i got mine <laughs> uh, you gotta get yours uh, y'all have heard it all the time well i bust my butt to get what i got you could do the same but you don't know what their story is you don't know what their upbringing is. Uh, don't let money trick you and fool you to think you got it going on. Money can go as fast as it comes, baby. We need to understand that, 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 that God can only provide those things uh, that, that we need. Here are some facts about money with the spirit of mammon. If you're taking notes, money with the spirit of mammon, money seeks to make itself equal to God. 
Money seeks to make itself equal to God. Watch this. With money, this is how it works with the spirit of mammon. We either need a miracle from God or we need more money. But you can't serve two masters. You can't have it both ways. So in other words, God, if you don't provide a miracle, then just give me more money. It don't work that way. Either you're going to believe in God for the miracle and that settles it, amen, or you're going to believe the lie of the devil that money can provide all that you need. Money goes away. When you put your money in the bank, you know that they use your money to, 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 to loan money to other people. They borrow against your money. Do y'all, do, y'all, do y'all know that money is, is, is something that comes and goes? It's like happiness. It's fleeting. Uh, we, do you all know that this great empire, and I don't, don't want to scare y'all, but I just got to give you some history and some facts. This great empire, this wonderful country, the United States of America, one of the most powerful and richest nations in the world, do you all know that someday it will crumble? I dare you today, if you have a little bit of time, after you take your Sunday afternoon nap, after the football games are off, just Google empires. Google the word empires and look at all of the wonderful dynasties and empires that have existed in the world. Every single one has crumbled. We're not void of that happening. Now, let's pray that. We don't see it in our lifetime and that Jesus returns before it happens. Then we all can say glory, glory, hallelujah. But the fact of the matter is if you put your confidence in something that will certainly deplenish and something that will certainly decay and something that will certainly go away, you certainly will not live a blessed life. You'll be stressed in your life. You'll live a stress life. Here's the second thing I want to tell you that happens. It's a fact about money with a spirit of mammon. Watch this. Watch this. The second thing I want to share with you. Money promises things only God can deliver. That's a fact. We don't, we don't, nobody in here loves money. I'm not going to ask y'all because y'all raise your hand and I'm going to say it as a trick question. Nobody in here loves money. The truth of the matter is we love what money does for us. Money provides security according to the spirit of mammon. Uh, Money provides opportunities according to the spirit of mammon. Because of money, my kids can go to the best school in the life because of the spirit of mammon. With money, I am somebody. I get to be invited to certain things. I get to hang with certain people. With money, I can get indoors that I normally couldn't get into. This is what the spirit of mammon tells us, and that is a bold-faced lie and trickery of the devil. You got to understand the spirit of mammon is indeed something of the devil. It is definitely something that comes from the devil. And, 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 and I just want to tell you, money cannot even make you happy. Oh, oh, for a minute. It, it, I mean, you, you feel good about yourself for a minute. It gives you like a little quick little high. You're like, ooh, yeah, you know. Money, money make you feel good for a hot second, but it'll go away. Why? Because the money is gone. Now you've got to find a way to make more of it. Why? Because you want more of that feeling. You ever heard of people that have that same type of reaction? 
to certain things, people that are addicted to drugs. Oh, man, that, that drug made me feel good. And, and, and now the high is gone. I've got to go out and find a way to get another fix because that felt really Good. And I just want to tell you things that are addictive in nature cause you to do that, whether it be drugs, whether it be sex and even money. We're addicted to what money does for us. So the love of money is indeed what is evil. Why is it evil? Because it comes from that which is evil. Watch this. Didn't I tell you all before that even Christians we walk around with the spirit of mammon, and it comes from a pure place in our hearts, but it's very tricky. I, I've even heard people say this. <laughs> I've heard people say this often. It's funny. You know, if, if I had more money, I could help more people. Christians, we say that. It, it, watch this. If, if I can get rich... Then I will give more to the church and God can help more people. And it's like, listen, God don't need your money to help people. God needs people to help people. He needs you all. He needs us. He don't need your money to help people. Uh, we've seen in the Bible where he took just a couple loaves of bread and, and some fish and fed the multitude of people. Not once, but twice. Uh, maybe three times I think it happened in the Old Testament it happened several times he don't need your money he needs you so I'm not going to sit here and kind of preach that sermon oh bring bring all your tithe to the storehouse God needs your money God don't need your money he needs you he needs you to be the source if if, if you know anything about the Bible there's a story in Luke 21 Uh, I believe it's beginning at chapter 1 there's a story of a widow uh, and it's not a parable, it's an actual story of a widow uh, uh, who, who had just two coins uh, left after her husband died. And she went and gave those two coins. And Jesus observed this. He saw all of these rich people giving their little tin, but she gave her very last. And Jesus said, that woman right there, yeah, she got it. She understands what this whole generosity thing is about. She's a widow giving her very last Why is that significant, Pastor B? Because during this particular time, if we read it in the Bible, this particular woman was a widow. What does that mean? Her husband was her sole source of income. Well, what else does that mean? She couldn't go out there and get a job. Why? One, she probably wasn't skilled. Two, they didn't look at women in a high regard back in those days. So the only form of money she could possibly make, her only career choice really back then was prostitution. Now, they don't say that she was that, but she would rather give her very last and honor God with it. Why? Because that was the thing to do. I know that my money with God is better than my money in my pocket. She gave her very last. And Jesus says, he's like, yo, you, you, y'all are tripping. Y'all come up here with your big old purses and you're you giving, talking about the rich people there. Y'all, y'all are so rich and you're proud and you want everybody to see you go to the, to the thing and drop your money in. This is one of the reasons we don't do that at this church. We don't have an offering. Now, I'm not knocking that. That's okay, but I don't do it because I remember when I was not a Christian and, and, or even as a Christian, when, when I, I really hated, I got uncomfortable, I got nervous, I began to sweat when the offering time came. Why? Because I was going to be sitting in a row all by myself. Then somebody told me, just go ahead and walk and touch the basket. Well, like they can't see me touch the basket. Touching it still says I'm broke. 
It made me feel bad. I didn't like that. And I says, I don't want, I don't want people to feel bad because they don't have it. I don't want people to feel some, I don't want people to feel pressured into giving. That is not biblical. That is not of God. God says he loves a cheerful giver. He says, gives, give according to your heart, not according to your pocket, not according to your pressure. Anyway, I got off on a tangent there, but, but, the, but these people were doing that. They were strutting. They, they got dressed just to give their offering. Look at me. Give my offering. Boom. Now watch me. Nay, nay. They were showing out. And Jesus like, look, okay, cool. Boom, whatever. This woman gave her last. She don't even know where the next is coming from. It's her heart. And I'm going to preach more about that. And you'll hear me more, talk more about this particular woman. Here's, here's what I know. <laughs> here's what I know. If each Christian, for the record, if you don't know what the population of Christians in the world is, we're in the billions now. We're still one of the largest religious uh, organizations in the world right now, the strongest. Watch this. If each Christian was just being faithful with what God has already given us, watch this, the church would have more than enough. In every city in our nation, the church represents more influence and money than any other business or organization. Y'all realize that? If we just were obedient to God, do y'all know that the church alone could eradicate poverty? The church, we wouldn't even, the government would be out of business. Wouldn't that be crazy? We wouldn't have to worry about Democrats and, and Republicans and conservatives and, and tea parties and coffee parties and cake parties or whatever. Why? Because the church is running this. We got this. Poverty, well, we don't need your little system. We don't need Obamacare, any care, we care. That's all that matters. The church can take care of the people. All it would take is us being, you know, honorable with what God has already given us. 100%. That's all it takes. 100% of us doing the small things. But here is the antidote to that. Here's the antidote to, to preventing yourself from being caught up in this spirit of mammon. Watch this. Here's the antidote. Really easy. I'm going to help you. Mark 4, verse 24, and I'm reading from the message version. I like the message. I've been reading that, that uh, version of the Bible a lot lately. It's very plain English. can be comical at times, actually, but uh, I've been enjoying it. If you, if you get a chance, read the message version. It'll, it'll, it'll make you laugh. It says this, listen carefully to what I'm saying, and be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. And stinginess impoverishes. impoverishes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tia, for helping me with that. You are so awesome. Dr. Tia Minnis, y'all. Stinginess impoverishes. It's plain English. It tells us you 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 want to live you want to have a blessed life. Giving and not getting is the answer. There's the antidote. I'm done. Amen. You can come. It's that simple. I, I don't even need to preach more than that. But here here it is. Watch this. Let me break it down. The first thing we ought to do to have that blessed life, where giving and not getting is the way, is we need to ask God to change the way we think. 
We need to ask God to change the way we think. Well, 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 what do you mean by that, Pastor B? Well, change the way we think about money. Money is not the answer to everything. It's not. Some of us have had plenty. Some of us have had very little. And if I called people up on this stage, there would be testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of how you're here. As a matter of fact, it would probably cause some of us to be like, dang, wow, I can't, I can't believe I made it through that. I totally forgot about that. Why? Because God took care of it. I'm guilty of that. You're guilty of that. Or we can sit here and say, man, I totally forgot that, that at one point I had to sleep in my car. I totally forgot that at, at one point uh, there, there was a foreclosure uh, notice on my door. I totally forgot about that because that was so far and so long ago, and I'm doing so well now, it's kind of like back in the day. But that is proof positive that there is a God that still performs miracles. The antidote is ask God. Say, God, listen. Really, I, I live in this capitalist society. I can't help it. I'm surrounded by the need for greed. I'm surrounded by materialism. I, I can't help that I want more. Change my thinking. Transform my mind to think biblically, to think according to your will and not my own. Matthew 6, 31, 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will we swear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Do I have any witnesses in here where God has given you everything you need? You may not have what you want. You may not have what you desire most. You may not have all those things on your little Christmas list. But everything you need, you have. And that's the promise that God has kept. Here's my final point. Ask God. Here's the other antidote. Ask God. Say, God. Help me change my lifestyle. Oh, my God, is it not hard? I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me. I'm the pastor. It's hard for you. It's hard for anybody in America that calls himself a Christian. It's hard to, 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 to live outside of this lifestyle. And I, here's, 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 here's what helps. This is what helped me. I was blessed to go over to Haiti several times and I've, I've I, listen I've, I've always cared for poor people people that were less when, I mean I've been poor I've li- I grew up in the projects in upstate New York I know what the, the welfare cheese is like that's the best macaroni and cheese uh, type of cheese you can use I, I've, I've been there I know the powdered milk or the can that just has a cow on it that says beef I know that lifestyle I know all about that life that was my life I know about being poor back flipping on uh, uh, broken mattresses by the dumpster smelling like pee-pee. I know all about this stuff. But that ain't real poor till you go over to a land where they don't have nothing. Till you go to a place where there's water, there's a stream of water here, and in that stream, diesel-fueled vehicles are crossing that stream and dripping diesel in that stream. But you look down the stream just a little bit, 
And oh my goodness, there's a cow. And that cow just released itself of the waste in its body. But then you then you look a little further down the stream. Is, is, that, is that little kid playing in that same stream that's streaming down this way? Yes, the kid is playing in the water with diesel fuel and animal waste. Oh, oh, look a little bit further. Did that little girl just put water from that stream on her head in a jug? Where is she going with that water? I hope she's not going to drink it. And, and until you go to a place where you don't have the opportunity to shower because the water is not working. Until you go to a place where electricity may happen tonight, it may not the next night. Until you see real poverty, only then can we understand how privileged we are in this country. It's hard in this country. I get it because we're surrounded by wealth. Even the poor man and woman is wealthy, comparatively speaking. Anyone in America, anyone, the homeless man that has access to a shelter is far more wealthy than most people in other countries right now in the world. Our kids have access to free education. But in certain parts of the country, of this world, they don't even have access to education. Where the family can only afford to send one child not all three we're blessed in this country we're blessed to live in this wonderful empire and God has given us a rich opportunity to take full advantage of it not for our sake not for us to get to come up but for us to help somebody else up for us to be a help to somebody else in need. So, 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 while we are knee deep in the midst of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all of these crazy deals, I want you to think about, I don't want you to think about the kid that's not going to have a toy. Yeah, I feel sorry for them. I really do. We're going to be blessing them already. I want you to think about a kid <laughs> that ain't got no shoes. A kid that shares the same pair of shoes with all the rest of the kids in the family. A kid that has to walk five miles or more barefoot. And I know some of y'all got great grandmamas that used to do that back in the South. I get that. Real talk, I do. But you don't have that lifestyle right now. And there are kids who still do. Kids where if they're seen with a cross on their neck could be sold into sex trafficking by Muslim terrorists. Right now, today, in this world, we don't know nothing about that. We're, we're able to leave this place today and we can go to our houses, look at our babies in the face, kiss them on the mouth, pray over them. They can walk in school and say, yes, I'm a child of God and don't have to worry about persecution. But there's a baby right now in Africa that loves Jesus but can't say it publicly because that means death to the entire family and that child being sold as an early bride to a Muslim terrorist or extremist. I don't mean to beat you down, but just think about how blessed you are and let's eradicate this spirit of mammon. There's only one God 
and in God we believe. Our worship team will come. Come on and jump up on your feet and give God praise all over this place. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.